Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Fit Literate. I'm Carolyn. And I'm Laura. And it's 2024, baby. It's the new year. <laughs> and we're not going to talk about new New Year's resolutions or anything today. We actually did that in our last episode of 2023. But we are going to be talking about all of the weird shit and bullshit and confusing Everybody's shit. Everybody's making their in and outs list and <laughs> yes. we want to be involved. Exactly. We, we have our own, but we also, I mean, we posted our own because we love trends and we also love attention, but we thought that Fitlet deserved one of its own. Um, so you will leave this episode with an official Fitlet approved in and out list for 2024 <laughs> for all the weird ass fitness bullshit that keeps popping up like whack-a-mole. So yes. welcome. We're so happy you're here. And unfortunately, we're going to talk about some weird stuff today. <laughs> yeah, but hopefully it'll be fun. It'll be weird, but fun. Um, so yeah, basically the things that are going to be on the fit literate official in and out list are it, the lists are based off of the things that you all as listeners have sent in to us that you've been seeing like advertised to you, pushed on your for you pe- feeds, seeing a lot of influencers uh, talk about on the apps. Um, and yeah, we're going to give our basically like our opinions and our recommendation on whether or not you should take the trend seriously, um, look into maybe if it would be a good thing for you to engage in personally, or if you should just completely ignore it and hit the like, don't show me this anymore button on TikTok whenever it comes up. So on you don't your have FYP. to wait for a three and a half hour episode from our long winded asses. You can just get the hot take. Yes. And I'm honestly <laughs> so pleasantly surprised that I already knew what all of these were because sometimes people are like, have you heard about this? And it sends me on such a spiral. And I'm like, no, what corner of the internet are you in? Um, <laughs> but these are some, some oldies, but goodies, some, new monsters and they're all you know pretty easy to tackle so yeah shall we get into it carolyn let's get into it so let's get into it what's first on the list number one carnivore diets ready oh i think we should do okay i think we should do like three two one and then give our take at the same time which i know i could already guess your take for this one but i think this will make editing interesting talking over each other i love it (laughs) (laughs) just screaming directly at each other all right Okay. Ah! All right, here we go. Ready? Carnivore diets. Three, two, one. Out. out. Oh my God, out. <laughs> so out. Along with Jordan Peterson and everything else he endorses. Yeah. And especially, like even more so than the diet, the uh, quote unquote doctors that walk around shirtless in the grocery stores and yell ab- about like the additives or whatever ingredients are in the food and grocery stores that aren't like carnivore diet approved. I hate that content so much. And I feel like I've talked about this before, but even more so than the carnivore diet itself, those guys are out. Absolutely out, out, add it to the list, yelling in a grocery store. Can you imagine if you were doing your like regular ass grocery shopping trip and there was just some man there yelling about veggie straws? Oh my God. I'd leave. It's always veggie straws. I leave. It's always veggie straws because they think we're stupid. Or like fruit snacks or just something. Or peanut butter. Or peanut. Ugh. Anyway. Like regular Skippy peanut butter. And they're like, it's poison. And I'm like, are you a kindergartner with a yeah, peanut like, allergy? This is actually going to kill like. your children. You sound weak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many ways we could try to kill your children here in America. And peanut butter is not one of them. So moving on. All right. Shall we? Number two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Carolyn's afraid I'm going to get too political today. Lay it on me. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Ladder app ads. I will say if you haven't seen these, sorry, my son grabbed my mic cord because he wanted to eat it. Um, if you haven't seen these ladder app ads, these are those horrible. It's funny because when men choose to be horrible, they usually yell at you. And when women choose to be horrible, they're usually just like looking sexy in the background somewhere where they type the most horrible sentence you've ever seen. (laughs) And so it'll just be like a very thin woman working out. And it's like, 
hey, babe, time to get in shape for, I don't know, make up a holiday that's six weeks away. Join my program and I will show you how I lost 90 pounds and 40 inches off my waist in one week exactly doing only these moves because you're doing it all wrong. And it's just like text over the screen. Uh, those are all ads for the ladder app. And I guess you can probably guess what we're going to say, but shall we three, two, one it? Here Let's we go. Ladder app ads. Three, two, one. Out. Out. <laughs> Absolutely out. Cut it out. Bad marketing. Uh, bad content. Um, annoying. Uh, Anything yeah. else you'd like to add to the list, Carolyn? Um, a couple other like similar types of ads that I've been seeing a lot on TikTok, especially. One is for some walking-based app where the um, copy and the thing that the person says in the ad is always the same. It's like, I didn't know that there was an app that can tell you exactly how far you need to walk to lose weight. And it's just so, it, it's a weird app. It makes me, uh, ad, it makes me feel so weird every time I see it, but I've seen that one and I've seen people talking about that one. And then also I mentioned this before, but um, the wall Pilates, that one's also getting advertised a lot. It's like, oh, yeah, uh, that's like coming back. Be something, something like better use, like that kind of name for the company. And again, it's always just like a very, very sexy looking woman in revealing athletic wear with her feet up on a wall in her apartment doing glute bridges and basically insinuating mm. that if you like do some body weight movements that involve you touching a wall at the same time that you will look like this very, very sexy woman in revealing athletic wear. And it's bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> and let's just really quickly say like, that doesn't even make sense. I'm sure you could do Pilates with a wall. Yeah. That's not its own thing. Anyone can pick a couple moves and call it a method. And <laughs> the wall is not special. That's just another point of contact, which I'm sure you could, you know, upgrade some moves, add some more resistance through like pressing into the wall. But I'm sure that's not, I'm it, sure they're not like, it's so weird. What's the ground force reaction of adding a second flat surface to this movement. I'm sure they're, it's just, everybody's got a wall. Yeah. And everybody's got shame about their bodies. So let's make an ad about and it. And like some of the movements look fun. You know, you can do kind of little like inversion type things or it adds extra stability to do harder, like balancing type of movements but it's not gonna magically make you snatched that's not how any of this works no no it's not sorry to break it to you if you've just turned into tuned into fitlet for the first time yeah oh my god and this is another uh, one sorry just one more because it i'm so mad about this it. and i don't know if it's just because i made a video about it on tiktok but i will not stop getting TikTok ads and sponsored content or like TikTok shop content for that stupid mini stepper. Oh my God. Oh, the mini stepper. It's like every third video is someone linking to it in the TikTok shop. And it's why <laughs> it's, it's so dumb. It doesn't even look fun. No, yeah. it looks awkward. I haven't seen your to video use. on that. I have to go watch that. I'm like, just get a walking pad if you want to be able to do cardio indoors in your own apartment in a space yeah. efficient way. I it is. How expensive are they as compared to the walking pad? Because the so, walking pads will ring you a couple hundred dollars, right? Yeah, when they're full price, I think they are like one to two hundred dollars. But you know how the TikTok shop is. It's a lot of like drop shipping and coupons. And so people will be like, Yeah, today only you can get the mini stepper for 75% off. And so it's just like it TikTok is feeling more and more like QVC and it's making me lose my mind. Yeah, it's home shopping network for tweens. So bad. Like, I don't know if it's inappropriate to quote Jim Carrey's The Grinch here, but I'm thinking of one very obscure line that's like, for five minutes only, 99% off. And then the guy gets trampled. That's yeah, what the TikTok shop that's feels That's how like. it feels to be on TikTok these days. Ugh. Yeah. All right. Dark times. So, yeah, all, right, all of ready? those ads out. Out. One day you are in and the next day you, you are, are out. out. All right. <laughs> okay. 
Are you ready? I'm ready. Bodyweight workouts for toned arms. Three, two, one. In? In. With caveats? Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. Always the caveats, but yes. Uh, yeah. Why are they in, Carolyn? Okay. So there's two parts to this. There's bodyweight workouts and four-toned arms. Advertising things for toning is out and should always be out. Um, Mm -hmm. What do you mean by that? You can build muscle or you cannot build muscle. Toning, meaning like I'm going to make the muscles in my arms more defined, but also longer and smaller is not something that you can do with exercise. Um, But body weight, upper body exercises are awesome. And I am on a personal crusade within the fitness industry to get more women comfortable with and having fun doing push-ups. So, you know, I think body weight yeah. exercises body weight. for upper body strength are absolutely in and very, very awesome. Yes, absolutely. And like, I'm so sick of having the toned fight because... <laughs> it won't die. It it just... It just hits the part of my brain that has to like write copy and advertise a business. Mm. I'm like, this is so lazy. You're lying to the consumer. You're adding to this confusing mess. But also like we know what people are looking for when they're drawn to things that say toned. And that makes me sad for a whole other host of reasons. Mm. But honestly, I'm like, maybe we just pick up the ball and run with it and be like, yes, toned means building muscle, more muscle than you have right now, which might be not a lot at all. So maybe you will make a stop over in toned. But anyways, yes, you should be doing these exercises. Mm-hmm. And bodyweight exercises for upper body, they're going to involve a lot of like planking position can you hear that siren? Is it horrible? It's fine. It's the city, baby. Okay. <laughs> New York. <laughs> it's the toning police. They're coming for me. They finally found me. It's the city. New York City. Um, New York, baby. Bodyweight exercises for upper body especially are going to probably involve a lot of plank position, which is not appropriate or doable for everyone. But if you can do it, it is so, so good for you. It's like taking your vitamins. <laughs> and it's a great way to build muscle. And you can do it anywhere anywhere anytime at all so tentatively in we would rephrase this but you know and there are worse things i've said this in a predictions video on tiktok i don't think this was one of the predictions i made on our last episode here but i think um calisthenics are gonna become really big i think a lot of people who are in the sort of like weightlifting like gym talk like gym girly community are going to gain an interest in calisthenics which which is essentially just like strength training using body weight exercises and so um Mm. I think that's also gonna play a role here and maybe we'll see a little bit less advertising for toned and more like branding things as calisthenics because that becomes popular that would be cool because it's more accurate and less false advertising (laughs) Have them just swap buzzwords. Yeah. Um, maybe I could see that being the next stop over from the mobility obsession, mm. which honestly, like, happy for the mobility obsession, but it's becoming sort of the new hit where it's like, yes. Oh my the God. General consumers kind of confused about what mobility is. Yes. But I also think it matters less than with hit. Yes. Because if you don't know what mobility is, you are probably getting mobility training out of whatever you're doing that's labeled mobility yeah I think it's Um, a little bit less and it's something I wish people cared more about so yeah exactly I agree and this is a tangent but have you been getting ads for the pliability app no what is that Carolyn okay no Uh, so I know I know because when I saw this I was like it's season three we shouldn't have another villain already I was well no because I saw this and the first thing I thought of was is this associated with Tom Brady and the TB12 method? Because I read that whole book and every other word was pliability with no explanation of what it meant. I forgot about him. (laughs) One of our sleeper hits. That episode was so fun to record. Um, And yeah, good one. Go back and listen if you haven't. That was a Um, fun one. We, We had fun dunking on that one. 
Yes. But so the pliability app, not affiliated with Tom Brady, it's actually a rebrand of um, Romwad. If you're familiar with them, they're sort of like a CrossFit adjacent. I'm not familiar. And now I feel like I'm having a stroke. What does that mean? (laughs) Oh, like range of motion workout of the day kind of thing. Range of motion workout of the day. Yeah. So Mm, they've been around for a while. I don't know much about them or what their offerings used to be. Um, I assume it was like kind of mobility based workouts of the day, which I think that's kind of cool. I think especially like in a world adjacent to CrossFit where there is a lot of necessity for mobility in order to like do the movements that are being asked of you in the class. Like that's probably a pretty cool resource, but yeah, so they've rebranded to pliability, which is, it's just so interesting to me because this is not a, like a word that exists in like exercise science research. As far as I know, it doesn't have a specific definition like muscular strength or cardiovascular endurance or muscular flexibility or mobility, which is flexibility plus strength. So I still don't I I like am so tempted to download the app and see if they like educate on what pliability is supposed to actually be or if it's literally just another word for mobility that they're trying to use to set themselves apart as a brand. Do you think they're doing like a like a power element like plyo like jumping? You know what? Maybe because based on some of the ads, it it can are they it jumping? Could look Do that they way. jump in the ads? Is there jumping, Carolyn? The jumping. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember if there's actually jumping, but the way that like the camera angles are shot and like that the ad is like put together definitely evokes a feeling of powerfulness. I would say like it's mm. not supposed to be like tranquil stretching meditative it's definitely like like a little bit more of that like grittiness like maybe we're in a warehouse somewhere and we're doing these mobility (laughs) exercises and look at our muscles pop um so if there is a power element that would make a lot of sense okay okay I see and I'm not placing this on an inner out list because I don't know enough about it but it's just an interesting development especially post tv12 episode (laughs) I mean, I have unwavering, unwavering faith in your predictions after literally our December trend prediction. And you said fucking fold over leggings. And I was like, Carolyn, get a grip. What are you talking about? And the next day, I saw a picture of Bella Hadid wearing fold over leggings. And I <laughs> felt like I was losing my mind. Okay, if you, you can knew. track that you picture down, it. I need you to send it to me because I have not okay. seen that photo. Um, oh my God. I still feel strongly Carolyn. about my prediction. <laughs> Bella Hadid seen out and about all over New York in her best, her finest fold over <sighs> leggings. And I was like, damn it. Because <laughs> I was so Should snotty about that. Should we invite the media? Like, Should we call Bella over- Hadid? <laughs> they already called Bella Hadid. I'm too late, but you were right on time. I was so uh, impressed. What can I say? What can I say? Um, all right. Yeah. Anyway, that's enough of that tangent. Let's uh, move on to all the right. next one on our list Let here. Let me give you a softball. Here we go. Cycle okay. sinking. Three, oh God. two, one. Out. out. What if I said in? Shut up. <laughs> Just threw a whole wrench in everything oh we've God. ever said. <laughs> my answer to cycle sinking is shut up. Um, no, I'm kidding. If you want to hear what we hear about what we think about cycle syncing in depth, which is probably uh, kinder and more nuanced than you would assume based on the last 15 seconds of this podcast. You can listen to literally any episode we released in the year 2023, because I feel like we talked about cycle syncing every time, every time it's cycled around to sync it with your cycle. And And I think we actually have a Patreon episode where we specifically like go in depth. And I think it's called... Mm. sinking cycles so that sounds right you maybe start there i think that i think that exists so patreon <laughs> if you're listening on the main feed plug for the patreon go check out the patreon uh patreon.com slash fit literate pod really sexy in there you should be there <laughs> <laughs> it's very fun. And if you are just listening to this, there's a chance we released this episode on the Patreon as a video. Um haven't fully decided at the point of recording whether or not we're going to do that, but 
It's a possibility. Carolyn's feeling self-conscious about her lighting. So I maybe am. editing Carolyn will decide if it's appropriate. I think you look gorgeous. She's glowing. If Thank we just okay. Thank if you. we decide not to release this as a video, let the historical record show that Carolyn was glowing today. It's the uh, elf halo glow. I've been uh oh I've been using that instead of foundation and it's it's good. Recommend. Incredible. See, I'm oily yeah. as hell. So that would make me just look sweaty, I think. Oh, but. yeah. I am using a lot of benzoyl peroxide and glycolic acid these days. So I'm really mm. dry at the moment. But mm. mm-hmm. it mm. is what it is. <laughs> I saw this is going to sound like a tangent, but it's not. And then we'll cycle right back around. Um, I saw the Mean Girls movie yesterday. And oh, yeah. They, it's so fun. It's it's Carolyn, you know I'm a hater. It's good. It's I'm cute. so excited to see it. I literally already I s- have like a plan with a couple of girlfriends to go see it when it like releases to the Amazing. gen pop. I saw some people being real sour about it on TikTok, being like, it's not even a movie musical. And I'm like, okay, we need to get we need to get our heads screwed on straight about what a movie musical actually is, because none of this is that serious. Like Please, the hairspray movie was not well done. Get a grip. Like, I think I think it's cute. I think the material of the musical that they wrote works better as a movie adaptation than it did on stage. And mm. it's really funny. And everyone should go see it. And if you enjoy laughing and things that are fun. And the reason I brought it up now is because they so clearly had a product placement deal with Elf. Because... <laughs> <laughs> Every time somebody puts on lip gloss, it's an elf lip gloss. And there's one oh scene God. that's like very dramatic. And there's like this clatter and somebody has dropped their lip gloss in the sink. And we get like a close up shot of the fact that it's like an elf lip oil. And I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> <laughs> it's so obvious. But honestly, Just, those characters would use elf. So I can't even, you know, I can't even knock them yeah. for that. That is organic product integration. <laughs> I, You know what? You can only be so mad about it. Um and especially for just like a makeup brand. I don't know. That's so yeah. like low stakes. And it's like a drugstore makeup brand. It's not like it's expensive stuff. <laughs> it's like something placed. teenagers should actually be using. Get them out of Sephora yes. and let them have their elf. With all of this discourse about like tweens using drunk elephant skincare and like wanting all of these products that are like formulated for like women in their 30s and 40s. Um it, it's like refreshing to see a brand being pushed in pop culture that actually is like appropriate for children to be like playing makeup dress up with. Like Elf is definitely a kid friendly brand. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And I will also say, yes, it also pisses me off when I go into my local Sephora and it's full of preteens. But the thing that's changed my mind about that discourse is like, Teens don't have anywhere to go. Yeah. Like I, they yeah. only have the malls. And also I think that whatever our teens are doing that we find annoying is usually a symptom of the culture rather than a symptom of like teens being worse these days. Yeah. Like, what do we expect teenage girls to be excited about when all everybody talks about online is like Sephora halls? Of yeah, course they're not exactly. like going to Walmart. They just Exactly. Yeah, back off the teens. They're having a hard enough time and we're all in the same apps. They can hear you. <laughs> yes. I think it is developmentally appropriate for preteens to want to engage in consumerism that is not age appropriate because it's what they're seeing in media. I think that that's yeah. been true for decades and that's not something to freak out about. Like no, a 10 year old doesn't need and shouldn't be using retinol products. Absolutely that's, not. But it makes sense that they would want to if they watch Alex Earl on YouTube. We shouldn't have been using bright orange Maybelline Dream Map mousse, but they let us. Or and like, that- what did I want more than anything when I was 11 was like an Abercrombie and Fitch micro mini denim skirt. Like, yeah (laughs) what Mm -hmm. and I think the thing we're forgetting about Sephora specifically is that no we weren't hanging out at Sephora when we were teens because Sephora's weren't in malls because Sephora's are only able to go to every suburban mall because of how like the heavy proliferation of 
makeup YouTube culture that is our fault directly. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's the, I, I, even meant to like make sure we didn't talk about this because I think the discourse oh, no. is so overblown. But no, I think we have like a good and measured take on it, which is like the kids are just being kids. It doesn't matter that much. But yeah, if you're yeah. a parent, don't don't buy them drunk elephant. That's stupid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially retinol. They'll burn their little faces off. I know. I will say though, I was spending my hard-earned like after-school job money on Laura Mercier Foundation at 14 years old um, Damn. because I was watching a lot of makeup gurus on mm. YouTube, Juicy Star 07 and her sister, yeah, Blair and Elle Fowler. Those were big ones. Um, Michelle Fawn. There were a bunch mm. of them. I was super into it. I loved Kathleen Light's. And Tati. Yes. Y- yes. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. I'm trying to remember All other right. names. It doesn't matter. Moving on. <laughs> this Maybe is not a skincare and makeup podcast. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> it could be though, but what if uh, maybe maybe this year we go back into the archives of like Tati and Jacqueline Hill and we see how they talk about like fitness and wellness and we scrape oh together God. an episode from the drippings of that. That'd oh my fun. God. Yeah. It, it was always interesting when like, like the makeup and skincare uh, YouTubers would like dabble in more like lifestyle things and show like a recipe or like a workout. And it was like, oh, sugar bear hair. Clearly not your area of expertise. <laughs> yeah. 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 And we love them yeah. for it. All right. Moving uh, on. Ready? I hope Bethany Moda is doing okay wherever she is. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Ingrid Nielsen. <laughs> Ingrid Nielsen. Oh, my God. Yes, she was my favorite. She was my favorite. Yeah. I can't believe yeah. I forgot Sometimes about her. Sometimes I get oh. unearned brownie points online because people think I am her, which I You do look a little think- bit like her. I didn't see it until people started saying it. And then I was like, yeah, I feel like we could be distant cousins. Um, There's a resemblance. And I think I think we have a similar like... Please, I'm not threatening mannerism online. <laughs> so uh, I understand the confusion, but I just adore her. You're and she's similarly making candles disarming. In Brooklyn. Oh. <laughs> she's doing really well. Oh, good. I'm really happy to hear that. Yeah. 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 Well, wellness check on beauty YouTubers complete. Let's move on. All right. Here we go. Deep core for a quote unquote snatched waist. Ready? Three, two, one out. out. <laughs> Get it away from me. Why why do you say out? Cuz I think maybe some people would be surprised that we're saying deep core exercises are out. I say this because it's uh gibberish mostly. Um mm. <laughs> I think that like here's the thing, if your deep core muscles were not working, you'd be like a puddle of goo on the ground. And yeah. The, the way you work your deep core in life is normal life stressors like breathing and being able to manage pressure, which is something that is like built up very slowly over time and not through a specific sequence of crunches. And mm-hmm. I, I can say almost with certainty that un, unlike mobility or hit as buzzwords where it's like well it's good that people are getting moving and some people are confused about it but then some people are just using it because it's a buzzword and they want to get people moving and so it's sort of a a benevolent confusion Mm -hmm. I have never seen a deep core workout on the internet that really had anything to do with deep core other the fact other than the fact that you are moving your body so your deep core is working to support you yeah. And on yeah. top of that, the 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 idea like the snatched waist thing, first of all, like <laughs> we won't go on a body politics rant about how you shouldn't even want that and it's not achievable for most humans, but building muscle in your core will not snatch your waist. Building muscle adds, you know, some mass. It's not, Mm. you don't, you can't crunch away your abdomen. And then also build, like, if you wanted to get a 
freaking shredded deep core like you okay your extra meaty pelvic floor like that has nothing to do <laughs> with your waist and yeah. then also I don't think I had another also. I was really on a roll there and I felt like I had something to say. Oh, I the, have an the also. third and most nefarious point is that when you refer, when this, this, there's a little something for everybody in this one, right? Because Snatched <laughs> Waist is just the most blatant, like, beauty marketing term that the fitness industry has to offer. And then Deep Core scratches something that people who are like pre and postpartum mm. or like going dealing with prolapse or going through menopause like it's a it's a buzzword that people have a really foggy idea of what it actually is and now you're popping up to say this is going to help you with that and Worst case scenario, like some of these exercises that are being shown could cause someone permanent damage. And I don't like to fear monger about mm. exercises. I think there is a safe way to do every exercise and no set of exercises will work for every person. No one set of exercises is inherently dangerous. Other yeah. than like, just stop like jumping on BOSU balls, please, please, please. Oh my Can God. Stop yes. standing on BOSU balls in the year 2024. But anyways, the deep core thing is like, Unless you're in a physical therapy office for like knee rehabilitation and your physical therapist has prescribed it. But if you're just in a gym doing an influencer workout, keep your feet off of the BOSU balls. Put the BOSU ball down. Um, (laughs) The the deep core, the phrase deep core just at this point feels like... Uh, it means nothing Manchurian candidate like sleeper cell (laughs) trigger word to just bring the the worst vultures and vampires out of the woodwork to prey on people's even more than insecurities their fears Mm. um so that really pisses me off (laughs) one of the worst uh in terms of like a body image and beauty standards, uh, one of the worst examples that I've seen deep core workouts being used is, and I've seen this a few times, more last year, I think, or like earlier in 2023. But um, Mm -hmm. basically people saying like, I used to think I just had a big rib cage and that was just the body type I had until I like basically curing yourself of having a wide rib cage or quote unquote flared ribs, which I am unclear if that's an actual like physiological problem that someone can have. Like I'm sure that there are issues (gasps) that in extreme cases of, of like, postural things going on where like the ribs can be put in a compromised position that like affects your ability to breathe or whatever. Like I'm sure that there's like things that can happen, but I'm also pretty sure that they're probably very rare and just doing some marches while holding a dumbbell over your head is not going to fix it. No. And also like, I don't have the same amount of knowledge as a physical therapist. And if you are dealing with something that feels quote unquote misaligned Mm, in your mm. body that is getting in the way of movement or causing you pain and discomfort, that is when you need to worry about quote unquote fixing something. Yeah. Everybody has a different body. Like there is no one one body that everybody gets when you have lost the weight and fixed all your alignment and healed your trauma through like hip releases that like that the idea that there is like one body that the only thing standing between you and that ideal body is your own merit and good works like that's eugenics you guys like it's bad for real it it doesn't it doesn't work like that even if everyone had the ability and the access to be fully healthy and healed and whole and in in tip-top physical shape all of those bodies would still look different and we need to swallow that idea and we need to stop putting bodies on a hierarchy and we need to stop defending that hierarchy that is based on beauty standards with 
oh, you're just not like you're somewhat broken in some secret way that only these experts have a way to tell you and you can work around it. Like, yeah, it just it reminds me so much of like the Kayla Itzen's effect where in the before and after pictures somehow miraculously all of the after pictures include a thigh gap because mm-hmm. you know this workout program supposedly makes that happen when really just in the after pictures you're posing in this crazy duck toed stance but while internally rotating your thighs as much as possible and like leaning forward a little bit to create the illusion of a thigh gap in a picture which I'm so glad that thigh gaps are not like this coveted uh like physical attribute anymore. Although with yeah. 2014 Tumblr culture coming back in vogue, that may be right around the corner. Look yeah, out for we'll the see. teens in your life. We'll see what happens with that. Um, but it's, yeah, it's this, it's exactly the same thing where it's like, Oh, like this workout program, these exercises will give me this particular body type that like, Oh, I thought I just had a wide rib cage but actually I don't there's something wrong with my body that I can fix with these exercises and it's like like okay maybe maybe you do these exercises and it changes the way that you stand or hold your ribs and that looks different or maybe some people do just have wider rib cages than others and there's also nothing wrong with that and we don't need to be obsessed about making every single part of our body as small and slender as possible and that's like yeah. no way to spend our time in brain space. Oh my God. Yeah. And it's not even just there's nothing wrong with you and it's a waste of time. I I mean, I think I wish that was enough for everybody. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think that's the important part. But also, it is when it that comes, and <laughs> yeah, using the example of rib flare, like my understanding of what actually causes rib flare in most people is that it is a mix of how the scapula sits on the ribs, having good Mm -hmm. rib mobility. And rib mobility comes from the ability to breathe, the ability to do a full inhale and an exhale. And if you are so fixated on this idea of the snatched waist and this idea of I need to push my ribs down, what's going to be the first thing you lose is the... Yeah, the, the sucking in thing, the holding our little tummies tight. That is so detrimental to the thing you do thousands of reps a day of which is breathing if you fuck Mm. with your breathing you can really really mess yourself up long term and it's not it won't be dangerous at first it won't be dramatic at first but like a lifetime of that a lifetime of fixating on how tight you can get your waist and how much you can push yourself down and in and hold it there and not allow your body to move and breathe and twist and expand and flex in all these amazing ways like that that can really really cause a ripple effect that is very bad so if you think there is something it'll make you feel bad and like not good. Bad, bad, not good. Banned. <laughs> exactly. It's bad, not good. And if you think that there is something going on with your body that like a different pattern of movement could help, that is the time to go find a physical therapist. A lot of physical therapists, you can get like at least one free intake appointment to point yourself in the right direction with like a lot of insurance. So it's a hassle, I know, but please, 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 at least follow physical therapists online and not just influencers who are trying to diagnose you via a spark ad. Um, I'll end the rant. I'll end the rant there. Shall we keep going? Yeah, let's keep going. Yeah. Okay. Next one. This will be more of a gimme. Ready? Carrots have too much sugar. Three, two, one. Out. Out. <laughs> I'm trying to do my best Heidi Klum voice. So I don't think it's reading. So so I'm very curious, like what context this one is coming up in, because I you mentioned before we started recording that you've like had someone say to you, "Gotta be the whole thirty. Let's not like whole thirty keto. It's gotta be whole thirty culture. Yeah, that's the context I'm familiar, more familiar with it. But I was more in the depths of whole thirty paleo culture in like 2016. So I wasn't Mm -hmm. sure if there was like something new that had come up or if it's just this persisting and yeah I think it's probably just the next the next natural step from juice has too much sugar to fruit itself has too much sugar to 
carrots are actually just as bad as fruit because they also have a high sugar content. Um, my eyes. Basically, nobody ever had issues with getting, quote unquote, too much sugar from fruit. If you have a specific condition, obviously that does not apply to you. But fruit has other amazing things like tons of micronutrients and fiber, which helps your body deal with the naturally occurring sugar. And it's not better because it's quote unquote natural. It's better because of the context. Fruit is in in less fruit is in most cases good for you and vegetables are the same and fruit and vegetables are carbs and they also have sugar in them which is our body's preferred source of energy so we can all just chill a little bit yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um i'm so i know that this myth has been around for a long time like before these like ancestral like paleo keto diets have been popular and uh-huh. i'm i'm doing a quick google to see like where it comes from um but i have mm. a suspicion that this must have first become popularized as a myth because of either the atkins diet the like first like trendy low carb <laughs> diet or um or weight watchers if like carrots were higher in points than other vegetables or something because like i know that th- it's been decades that this myth has existed i mean i would just encourage anyone when in taking nutrition advice on the internet like unless you have a specific condition that you know about which i will spare us the healthcare and accessibility rant which again go listen to any podcast from last year but i think it's important to consider like occam's razor like the simplest Mm. answer is usually going to be the best and most effective one and most correct one and if anybody is telling you that fruits and vegetables are bad for you yes oh my god consider the source that's all I'll say. The other one that uh, this one just grinds my gears. And luckily, I mostly only see this from like stitches on TikTok of dietitians being like, this is bullshit. Don't listen to them. Um, people fear mongering about like plant based foods. So like fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, uh, whole grains, you know, foods that are that contain a lot of really important nutritional value, fear-mongering mm-hmm. about these foods because they contain anti-nutrients like lectins. What the and, fuck is that? Oh, okay. oh my God. Oh, God. This is like, this is like a, a real thing that becomes relevant in certain disease states, but for the average population where basically like and this is what I'm remembering from, you know, the nutrition classes I took a decade ago. Uh, but um, <laughs> like anti-nutrients, quote unquote, are certain compounds that mostly come in plant foods um, that can bind to usually minerals and prevent their absorption. So okay. that you can see how that could potentially become a problem in certain situations if um, you really need to maximize the absorption of a certain nutrient, if you are already dealing with a medication or a disease state that prevents the absorption of that certain nutrient. And that's fine that there are particular cases where avoiding lectins or other anti-nutrients is important, but that's not something that you need to worry about. And also... The cooking process, like any type of cooking of a plant food, breaks down those compounds. So you don't even need to worry about it them existing at all. Um, but even if you're eating raw fruits and vegetables, you don't need to worry about it. So if you see someone, especially if they are associated with like a multi-level marketing company or they are mm-hmm. trying to advertise a supplement in the same post and And they are talking about anti-nutrients and how like dark leafy greens are so bad for you because of anti-nutrients. And that's why you need to take my colostrum supplement and do a carnivore diet. Just literally scroll on. It is so full of BS. I can't, I can't even emphasize how bad that information is. Thank God you're here. Cause you said anti-nutrients and I was like, well, that's not real. (laughs) Um, So I'm happy to, I'm happy to know that uh, it is real. And also, I don't have to be afraid. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's just another example of 
like real things from nutrition science being plucked, like cherry picked from like a handful of studies, blown out of proportion, misinterpreted, and then basically delivered as essentially like misinformation to the general public in a way that just makes everything more confusing when it's like, no, eating fruits and vegetables, nuts, seeds, beans, and whole grains, that is a good recommendation for almost everybody period. Mm. It really grinds my gears when they do that. (laughs) (laughs) Hate that. Uh, All right. Uh, Ready? Yeah. Here's another biggie. Working out to be quote unquote in your feminine. God. Do we even want to talk about this? (laughs) We can just give it a three, two, one and then move on. Okay. It's out. Moving on. Again, let us insert, uh, go listen to every Fit Literate episode from 2023 here. (laughs) Tough stuff. All right. Ready? (laughs) Next one. (laughs) Sorry. I'm in another world. I'm thinking about the videos I've seen that are like... No, that's okay. You're in your feminine. I'll let you come back. I'm 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 in my dark feminine right now. Yeah, I'm I'll be I'll fully step into my masculine so you can be in your feminine oh, and God. which is to my understanding mostly about like baking cakes with your three eerie looking children being a um, trap and then wife. you can come back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <sighs> exactly. All right. Ready? Yeah. This this one I feel like is the freshest on the list. I mean, the concepts are old and tired and busted, but this is one that I've really start to see rear its ugly head in like the past two weeks. Mm, uh, this is fresh. Okay. Fresh. Hot off the press. Somatic exercise for weight loss. Three, two, one. Out. Out. Out with caveats, I guess. Somatic exercise in, as far as I'm concerned. Exactly. And all the things that are, it's claiming about, you know, healing trauma and embodying people and uh, being like, even I would go as so far to say like potentially life changing in, but we have to stop equating life changing with weight loss. Yes, that's the I think that's probably the biggest uh, takeaway here is that just because something improves your mental health or helps you heal from trauma or helps you in any other number of physical, mental, emotional, spiritual ways, that does not mean it will also lead to weight loss. And it's really important that we decouple weight loss from the conversation of like healing in general. Um, do you want to describe what like somatics or like somatic practices are? Because this might be something that our listeners aren't as familiar with. I don't honestly know that I can totally do it justice. And I'm thinking maybe we bring on Emily Decker and we do a whole episode on mm. this. Um, mm. But somatic has to do the root of the word like soma has to do with like body, right? Yeah, like of the body, body yeah. of the body. And my understanding, which again, I will probably Google it right after this. Cause I'd like to expand that. It's just, um, movement centered around an embodiment practice around an awareness of your body in space and like your mind and your experience of being in your body, kind of like in therapy when they're like, and where do you feel that in your body? Mm-hmm. Except approaching it from a physicality first perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Is that like the physical sensations? Yeah. And I, I think that's a, a good general description of what we're talking about that. Yeah. It's any number of different physical or often breathwork based practices that are meant to kind of help you connect the emotional and the physical and uh like when we say like listen to your body get in tune with your body that's often sort of the same goal of somatic practices um neither of us are experts in this so take everything we say with a grain of salt but the main takeaway here like we said is that this equating of somatic practices that are often most researched and i think most applicable in like a trauma healing like therapy type setting being applied to just like a 28 day workout program that 
is advertised with before and after weight loss pictures. Like that is a bastardization of what this is supposed to be. And, and it's my understanding that a lot of like somatic therapy is done. I know you said like, it's mostly with a clinical application, like mostly in a therapeutic setting, but it's also like a, like a one-to-one observation process, like a deeply yeah guided personalized thing not somebody going do these hip stretches for 90 days and then your trauma will be healed exactly yeah and have we mm, never mind I'm not gonna bring that up moving on okay fiber (laughs) three (laughs) two one in 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 (laughs) fibers in that's why the fear-mongering about anti-nutrients is so stupid because it makes you scared to eat all these foods that contain fiber the one thing that i i'm i think i've just been burned before and i'm terrified that by Mm -hmm. the end of the year we're gonna be like shut up about fiber shut up about fiber um and i will also say like Fiber as a thing, as a as a good thing for the body for, again, most people, if you're not dealing with something else, in. Yay. Yeah. But also fiber, like, if, unless you, like, can't eat fruits and vegetables, taking, a, I, I, you know, I'm not even going to turn this into advice. I'm going to say my deepest fear is that the hot girls have tummy issues crowd is going to come in and start hawking fiber supplements. Yes. And if you are dealing with issues where like you, you can also get too much fiber. Absolutely. I think that's important. Absolutely. And if you are not eating enough food and then you start throwing fiber in as the thing you're focused on, you're not going to have fun. So, so I think what we can say for sure is a, a fiber rich diet that, meets the fiber intake recommendations of which Which a lot uh, of Americans do not, which a lot of Americans do not. So like eating a fiber rich diet in your day to day life in amazing. So a diet that contains Mm -hmm. fruits, vegetables, whole grains, nuts, seeds, legumes in absolutely in weird snake oil supplements or like crazy extreme strange ingredient concoctions that like give you really, really high doses of fiber at once when you don't have some sort of um, uh, condition that would maybe necessitate that as a part of the like medical treatment protocol. Don't that start is out. chugging Metamucil. Yeah, yeah. exactly. The- or... To harken back to a uh, weird, weirdly, weirdly named trend from last year, the internal shower. Do you remember this? Oh, God. It's basically, if you don't remember this or you were never privy to this, which, good, because it's so weird. It's literally just putting chia seeds in water and drinking it. And there's nothing wrong with chia seeds. They are very high fiber food. Consuming them in this way... I would advise caution with, especially if you're not consuming a lot of fiber currently. Um, And just in general with fiber, it's good. It's good to increase your intake slowly. So if you're going from like not eating really any fiber, maybe you're currently on a keto diet and you're like not eating vegetables at all, or you just, um, just don't eat a lot of fiber containing foods at present and you want to increase your fiber intake, it's definitely recommended to do it slowly and progressively because if you shock your body with too much fiber, that can cause some gastrointestinal distress and discomfort. Um, I am saying this, especially with chia seeds from a, uh, from a personal perspective when I was a freshman in college, you know, freshman nutrition major friends with a bunch of vegans, I started making myself like daily smooth these with like two tablespoons of chia seeds every time. And I didn't have a bowel movement for over a week. Like I think it was almost 10 days. And I it was like getting to the point where if it was going to be another day or two, I was going to have to go to the hospital. Um, but then I stopped eating the chia seeds. And within a couple of days, I was fine. So um, I can eat chia seeds now. I just don't have two tablespoons every single day. And if for some reason I wanted to start doing that, I would 
increase it slowly, but you don't need to be eating that many chia seeds every day. So the internal shower that is supposed to clear you out and be like a broom to your intestines might do the opposite if your body is not acclimated to that much fiber yet. So word of caution. I'm sorry. I don't mean to laugh at your pain. That's just the most college friends with a bunch of vegan story I've ever heard. Right. (laughs) I know it's kind of on the nose. (laughs) Also, I pulled it up. The daily rec is 25 to 30 grams a day, which seems to be based on that. You should be getting about 14 grams for every thousand calories. So, you know, grain of salt adjust as necessary, but 25 to 30 grams is kind of the commonly cited number. Okay. And then also in terms of this being like a social media trend, I think we're seeing a lot of people talk about this. Certainly this is how I framed it, that fiber is in, in the sense of like in contrast to protein, like how the online conversation about protein, the obsession with Mm -hmm. high protein meals, um, the interest in tracking protein last year was very popular we're going to mm-hmm. see kind of a parallel trend with fiber and that and, mm-hmm. you know, protein being out and fiber being in doesn't mean you replace all the protein in your diet with fiber. It doesn't mean protein is not important. It just means that the conversation online and the popularity of focusing on it has shifted in that sense. They're both still important. You should still eat protein and you should still eat fiber and you don't need to become obsessed or go overboard with either. I'm hearing echoes of the constant tug of war between clean eating and if it fits your macros. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Very similar. You want both. You don't need all of either. And everybody chill. Um, All right. We've reached the end of the list. I've got one more for you, Carolyn. Ready? Okay. Three, two, one. Cold plunges. Oh, I did it wrong. I did it wrong. Don't answer that. Don't answer that. (laughs) Okay. Ready? It's cold plunges. Three, two, one. Sure. (laughs) Sure. Uh, What are your thoughts on cold plunges? Okay. My thoughts on cold plunges are that um, the... My specific personal way that my brain is broken, I love them. Mm -hmm. But so cold plunges as an activity, yes, A plus. I love the sensation. I love using cold exposure as a mindfulness exercise and a Mm. grounding practice. Um, The flip side of that is cold plunges as a trend, as something that's being pushed as a necessity, as assuming everybody has access to an ice a bath? tank of freezing cold water. Yeah. Out. Oh, absolutely. Pretty much anything that's a recovery technique, if they are pushing that over sleep or food, yeah. It, it, it doesn't matter. A cold if they're plunge saying you don't not- need to eat breakfast, do a cold plunge instead. Um, hmm. Yeah. Maybe not. It, your body responds really, really well to sleep, food, and a little bit of movement. And 99% of people are not hitting one of those things. So if you are, if you do not have your sleep on lock, do not worry about getting your cold plunge in. You a, a cold plunge will not do the recovery job of eight hours of sleep. Like a sauna will not detox you or help your muscles get bigger, faster. Like if the science is still out on whether they do those things. And if they do do those things, it's going to be like 0.0001% of the equation. You're talking about from like a workout recovery perspective. Yes. Yes. Because yeah, I think the the benefit of cold exposure really is going to be very personal and depend a lot on what you're trying to get out of it because there's certain benefits that are, that are a lot more well-researched than others. Um, and so it kind of just de- depends <laughs> on where you're coming at it from. So yeah. like workout I'm recovery, talking about the very like dubious. overly generalized wellness girly get up and do your cold plunge idea, which I've seen mostly framed as like for recovery. There are benefits to these things. They're not like unstudied. I'm just saying in terms of sub- 
prescribing them to gen pop being like, you need to find time in your day to go sit in ice. And I think a lot of the more well-established benefits have to do more with kind of the, uh, like you said, like mental health benefits, like um, cold exposure for um, anxiety and um, interrupting like panic. (laughs) That is definitely Mm -hmm. true. Um, And dive reflex, right? Exactly. Yeah. And um, and like stuff with the vagus nerve and whatever. Not an expert Mm -hmm. on those things. But if you are interested in doing a cold plunge every day because someone on TikTok told you that it will lower your cortisol and that will help you lose belly fat, that Mm. would not be a reason to do it. Or I wouldn't hold out hope that you are definitely going to get that outcome. It might still feel great for you and you might enjoy doing it every day. But if the benefit you're looking for is like, yeah, workout recovery while maintaining a high stress lifestyle or weight loss while maintaining a high stress lifestyle, it's not going to be a magic bullet for either of those things. That's most likely not the missing piece to finding the Declaration of Independence. (laughs) And the opposite side of that is you are allowed to do things just because they're fun or feel good or are part of a practice of pouring time and energy into yourself. Yeah. Um, If you enjoy things, you can just enjoy them. And that is fully okay. And I wish more marketing was like, hey, this thing's really fun. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You might just really enjoy this or this just feels really good. And that can be yeah. enough of a reason. But it's so interesting because that like it that goes exactly against how most wellness things are marketed or that we understand something to be good for you because there's definitely still this cultural understanding that things are good for you when they feel bad, when they are hard to do, when they feel inaccessible and when they're unpleasant. And so it's because this country was founded by Puritans. That's why (laughs) it's the Protestant work ethic. And we, this is exactly Uh, what we talked about in literally episode one (laughs) of this podcast. And it always goes back to it. Yeah. But, um, but it's funny that we're talking about this in the context of cold plunges though, because I personally see it as something that is very physically unpleasant. <laughs> but <laughs> I love it because I love a little bit of suffering. Um, and mm. that I don't know if that's like uh, childhood Catholicism or ballet or just like some no, I mean, one I, piece out of place in my brain. But I, I think there's a real endorphin release from a cold plunge. I just am yeah. scared of the initial coldness. <laughs> and so it's hard totally. for me to get myself past that. <laughs> I'm going to use this as an opportunity to take that relay baton and say that you are also allowed to do things like sometimes. Yeah. I think with the, I mean, we'll, I'm sure, talk in another episode yelling your ear at length about wellness culture and capitalism. But the general idea is that if you start this new habit, you need to do it every day until it becomes part of your non-negotiable routine. So then you can add in the next best thing that's learned about. Like, you are allowed to do some things sometimes. You are allowed to dabble again because, oh, it's fun. Like, unless you are an Olympic athlete that has a team of people working to keep you in tip top shape around the clock, you are most likely not going to be in tip top shape around the clock. And, and you're allowed to wrong with that. enhance your physical, like, wellness and mindfulness practice sometimes when you have the time for it yeah um and if you want to like dabble in cold exposure at all two things that i think are fun to play with i don't even know that i'd recommend them but they're fun to play with are if you're a morning shower hit yourself with a blast of cold water right at the end that'll wake you up like nothing else cold water straight to the chest and if you don't want to do that in the shower um you can do an ice pack right Mm -hmm. on the chest like over the heart where your your vagal nerve sits at one end right it's like heart to yeah hips kind of and cold right there it can be awesome for bringing you out of your brain and back into your body Um, it's an and out of fight or flight also yeah yeah it's so you know you don't have to go sit in an ice hole you can the other way to do the shower one is the opposite where you get in when it's still cold and then let it warm up so you start with the unpleasantness 
and get it out of the way. And then you can just have your nice warm shower afterwards. <laughs> mm. No, see, that sounds horrible to me because I'm I'm you do remember that tweet that's like me before the shower. Why would I get in there when I'm dry and warm? Me oh. in the shower. Now I am warm and wet and the outside world is evil. Like <laughs> I need to, you know, give myself that's a little true. swift kick in the pants to get out of there in the morning. Make but. the shower unpleasant so it's better to get out of it. I see. Yeah, like the I opposite the of boiling a frog. Mm, mm. <laughs> Which isn't actually true, by the way. Frogs will hop out of the water once it gets hot, I learned. Oh. Yeah. Fascinating. Anyway. <laughs> Tune in for this and other facts that you can use to be so boring and pedantic at a dinner party. <laughs> um, ah, amazing. All right. Well, well before shall we let the people we... go. Yeah. Were there any other trends that weren't on that list that you personally felt like you wanted to talk about? Because I feel like that hit all mine. No, I mean, I think I owed you an apology for dunking on fold over yoga pants so hard. So, (laughs) well, I appreciate fold over yoga pants in. Who knew fold over yoga pants in again. That one's not a recommendation. That's just that's a prediction. (laughs) Um But yeah, all right. Well, thank you everybody for listening to the first episode of FitLit 2024. We appreciate you being here. If you're listening on the made feed, please uh, go check out the Patreon. You get all episodes early as well as bonus episodes. So there's lots of good stuff over there to check out. And um, yeah, we'll be coming at you with another one in a couple of weeks. We love you so much. See you soon. We love you so much. Bye.